Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face. On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world. So, shall we begin? Hi guys, welcome to a brand new episode of the Yellow Pill Podcast. Um, We're recording it... I don't know why we always give you this information because maybe you care, maybe you don't. Um, but we're recording this slightly at a different hour today because of certain events in my life, which Wallace says I'm being dramatic about. Well, it's all well and good. I'm not going to say what it is. Um, but anyways, hopefully we can keep this. Yeah, because you know, if you say what it is, the judgment is going to make me sound like I'm right. The Yeah, whatever. Get out. Anyways, um, so... <laughs> Um, so guys, today we're we're talking about. Let me just set this up as quickly as possible. Um, actually, let me check comments. Well, we, I think we do more comments on the cinema therapy episodes, but uh, let me just double check here um, because I'm not sure nobody really. Ooh, there. Are, ooh, four comments That's... on. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Okay. All right, so guys, because we are going to be consistent people and I like to be consistent, before I tell you what we're talking about today, um, actually, it's even good because I wanted to mention something that um, for the unconditional episode that we did the last time, Wally, I think listening to it or having a conversation with you, editing it, and then listening to it the third time, I think it wasn't until the third time that I really started to... Actually, no, because that was episode one. Then the next episode, us talking about it, me listening to it and then editing it and then listening to it after so almost like seven listens all through those like two episodes is when i it finally started to click a bit what you were talking about why we were disagreeing a bit and just the different angles that you know we were coming in from so it's yeah i don't know because you mentioned something at the end of the last episode that you know it's not something that you can figure out all at once and you know, after you did the episode, it was something you spent time really trying to like think about and whatnot. Um, yeah, it finally got to me. And what I'm going to summarize it as is, I think when you were talking about unconditional love, it like you said, it was it's a, it's like when you're about to start loving someone, are you looking at like are there conditions you are waiting for them to check, or are you allowing yourself naturally just flow into that relationship? Versus where I was coming from, where it was more a thing of in the presence of negative things, do you choose to love or not love? Which again, yes, there's an element of that in unconditional love. But I think where you were approaching it from was, as you always, as you were saying in those beginnings, like how do you get into the space? And I think that's where the concept of self-love now started to become more apparent um, and an important thing to talk about because you wouldn't necessarily let yourself fall into certain things if you don't love yourself enough to think that you deserve those kinds of things. So, guys, it took seven, like two episodes, seven listens to really like. Yeah, even even for me too. When I listened to it, I I when I listened to it as well. I began to understand some things more. Yeah. Than yeah. When I was saying them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I definitely get I get that too. Mostly in episodes when we talk about some things that I that I hear you say as well. They make more sense after I've listened back to it. I think it's just it's just difficult to grab everything. It's such a heavy conversation. Grab it at the point at which it's been said. Yeah, absolutely. So um just to 
try and close the chapter I've in seen, a way. I've, I've seen the yeah. comments now and there's a lot of comments. I actually I know because I didn't open I know that, the yellow pill email, email yeah. um, all week. Yeah. So I'm um, just going to try and... There's a lot of comments. S- I mean, maybe because we're, <laughs> we're recording on a Wednesday today. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, I'll let you start. You, you go for it. Let's cover it in about 10 minutes quickly. Yeah, maybe even less. So the first comment um, says, definitely going to see this movie to get a better perspective, but I agree with the certain points raised. It's a catch-22 sometimes. You want to be soft and vulnerable, but in the same breath, you don't want to leave yourself open to the chances of being hurt or exploited. Not entirely sure I believe in unconditional love, Sha. All it takes is the right or wrong conditions no, to put things no, to the No, no, I think I was in the wrong order, bro. The no, first I- order is the... Is the one that said this episode made it more clearer in thirty minutes? Are you sure? No, because it's it's reverse. Because yeah, it's reverse. Look at the timing. No, it says one day ago. a.m. is when that one came in. Okay, and then that one came in when. The one the one reading came in ten fifty six. Uh okay, cool. All right, so I should read the first so one. Okay, go to the top. all right. Yeah, to the top. Okay, so it says, um, yes, this episode made it a lot more clearer. Um, just like I was saying at start. Uh, like 30 minutes in and it all made sense. I see that Wale, I see what Wale is saying and I agree with him. There's such a thing as conditional love. So the way I see it is we start out with conditional love, but the aim should be unconditional love in the end. Conditional love alone cannot sustain relationships, romantic or platonic, because people would fall short of our conditions, either purposefully or by life just happening. I guess what Toby is saying is that the initial feeling of attraction in the early stage should not be termed love until we can do it unconditionally, then it becomes love. But then again, the argument on limitations of language, because in Greek, three out of four types of love gives room for condition or is on the premise of condition, while agape is truly the unconditional one. Hmm. Interesting. This person was very articulate in terms of, you know, because I don't think there's anything I can add to that. They kind of like covered the angles. Do you get? Or is there something you want to say to that? Nope. Um, yeah. yeah. Nope. Not that, but, not that I don't want to <laughs> comment. I think it's a very interesting point to raise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's but, some comments I'd like to raise about obviously the Greek stuff. Yeah. Um, but I don't I think they they, they know more than me in that. <laughs> so I'm just gonna let yeah. that pass. Yeah. But yeah, it's a yeah. very interesting comment. You know, for the Greek one, I think obviously because of Eros and Philios, Eros is like um romantic or erotic love. And obviously you can say that's because you're attracted sort of like sexually to the person where hence the condition and preferences, right? So um and then that's why they say Agape is the only one that doesn't necessarily come with any conditions in that sense but let me carry on so the person says so i have a question do you guys believe in growing somebody into else is this somebody else no i think it's them because it's replying the it's under the reply it's a okay. reply so it says so i have a question do you guys believe in growing into love quote-unquote attraction do you subscribe to it the idea that with time you would eventually love or be attracted to someone also that be where we spoke on some of us not being able to handle expressions of unconditional love is so true both on the receiving and giving end. Um, let me first read someone's comment or someone's reply to that because uh, there was a lot of conversation apparently going on in the comments. Uh, but another person says, I personally don't, in response to the question, the person says, I personally don't believe in growing into love, but I've had conversations with women where that didn't seem far-fetched. They use phrases like, you will grow to love the person or the person would learn you, <laughs> or the person would learn you, would learn you and your language with enough commitment. And it grows into love. Uh, we, we all speak so, so, speak so fondly of. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've kind of like battled with this one a bit. Like the idea of 
certain a certain level of attraction growing with someone where in the initial phases when you meet them maybe you think of it solely as a platonic thing um and then over time it starts to grow um oh yeah 100 yeah. agree the growth in that aspect i would regard as neuro- neurochemical <laughs> okay <laughs> particularly when you say growth and attraction people people become to look a lot if you're talking about attractive attraction in terms of physical traits people begin to look a lot more attractive to you the more time you spend with them the, the more you begin to like them yeah but That's i have a big fact yeah but but, but i think if, if it's if yeah, it's attraction on. of every other thing beyond physical like mm-hmm. oh, I, I i'm beginning to like how they talk about certain things i begin to like what kind of um temperaments they show yeah i don't know whether you have a problem with that one no, no, I don't have an issue with it, but I don't know how to grow into attraction of the physical is the same as growing to attraction of those things. I don't mm, know. Fair point, fair point, fair point. Um, so when they say you grow to love the person, it often seems to me that they're saying you grow to love the person's behavior, the things that they do. And you, you know, it, perhaps hearing that phrase, you grow to love the person, always screams to me like you just settling. take what settling. Yeah. Yeah. If they mean literally, I don't know why I don't know why we should grow to love people. I think in my own experience, yeah. I don't think Okay, I know I don't <laughs> Exactly. That. Exactly. Let's let's just wait too long. And the final comment is the one I started off with where the person was saying definitely going to see the movie to get a better perspective, but uh they agree with the points that we raised. Um the, the one about being soft and vulnerable. So I've already read that bit. Um yeah, and the person says they'll watch the movie this week and come back with a better response. I didn't read it all over again because I'd read that at the start already. Uh, but yeah, those are all the So comments. just so we don't cop out, just want uh, yeah. to answer this person's question. So they said, do you believe in growing into love? And do you yeah. subscribe to it? The idea that with time, you would eventually love somebody. Yeah. My answer is a bit annoying because I'm saying yes and it, no. <laughs> it depends. No, it doesn't depend. It's just yes and no. Okay. It's, I don't think it's a yes or no. I don't think I can take a yes or a no approach to this because mm. if i say no i'll be denying evidence that i've experienced yeah but if i say yes I'll, and i'll be accepting things that we should not accept but have you accepted before it's different like should oh yes accept- so so, okay. so so for example um so growing into love perhaps to me means that you're going into a stronger bond yeah. Right. But that bond is only is only reinforced well should only be reinforced if the conditions or the criteria of the situation of the of you and the person is is a good equation anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's when for me it makes sense, right? But mm-hmm. when they say you would eventually love somebody. <laughs> right? yeah, it's like, it seems it's to like, me like in the moment what's happening, yeah, what's happening before you're together you like like you've yeah. been arranged or you've you've met the person but there's things that probably did not fit your heart's way of moving yeah and you just think you can overlook those things but arranged marriages but perhaps man. perhaps Arrange, you can yeah arranged marriages are like an example of that yeah but i remember i remember a different context because everything we know and speak about is always from the point of us choosing our love partners and Aaron marriages bring an entirely different equation. Yeah. Anyways, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot expand on. Let's pause it there. Sense. 
yeah yeah it makes sense but let's pause it there um if not we would end up yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about it a lot so um okay so changing tones on this episode we're going to talk about thanks for the comments that, by the way but carry on y- yes yes i always forget to say thank you but thank you um but yeah Sorry. so we're doing something around um what they call it work-life balance today and it's a topic that sort of like came up in the twitter atmosphere so um i don't know when the first tweet let me actually, I actually just click on it i think it was dr joe abba on twitter and the tweet was something around so i think there was an event going on and gen z i'll just re- read the whole thing so gen z people were asking a chief executive of a large multinational his views on work-life balance he said and this person is quoting it I didn't become chief executive by work-life balance. I became chief executive by work ethic. The room fell silent. What do Gen Z people think? Right. So that was like the initial, um, I guess, tweets that, and this was April 23rd, uh, 2 p.m. And then there were sort of like people giving their takes on it as people would always do. So um, someone says work-life balance doesn't make you wealthy, but not everyone wants to be wealthy, and that's fine too. Um, another person says, "Can Nigerian professionals leave Gen Z alone? What is it with the incessant need to get them to fall in line and follow a linear career path? Leave them to define what work-life balance means to them. Support them or shh." Another person says, "I didn't want to say anything on that work-life balance tweet. Nigerian older, f- okay, I didn't want to say anything on that work-life balance tweet." Nigerian older folks hear work-life balance and think of parties and excessive sleeping. They never think that family is the biggest component of the life part of that equation. Once it's used, they just think lazy. Another person says, in all honesty, there's nothing like work-life balance as long as your goal is to get to the zenith of your career. Work-life balance and work ethic aren't mutually exclusive. High achievers become that at the expense of something else. In most cases, it's their personal life. Um, yeah, and honestly, I think that captures that captures sort of like most of the two extremes of the conversation. So um, people that think if you want to be very successful in life, work-life balance cannot be a thing that you're optimizing for. For other people, it's that what's the point of success if you don't have balance in life? And if you are successful or don't have work-life balance, you're not really successful. Other people take a more central approach where it's like, you know, um, in your youth or in the early days, you can optimize for, you know, success and all those things and then you make up for it later. Bingo! <laughs> um, but then other people say, if you do that, um, you know, sometimes the things that you keep on to later, you don't have the energy to really enjoy them because a lot of life is enjoyed in your youth as well. Um, but before I even dive into all of that and thoughts and initial reactions, one thing I was talking to you about before this conversation kicked off is something that someone echoed in there about what people hear when they hear work-life balance. Um, and so a lot of times it's always thrown into conversations, particularly on this side of the world, where like you just find laziness in there somewhere, <laughs> you know. But if you then cross the, is it the Atlantic or the, yeah, if you cross the Atlantic to the other side, the West, um, work-life balance, it doesn't necessarily always have to do about like with partying and whatnot. There's almost a more of a centering on you're either doing family stuff or you know or working like you you can't like almost you know when you think about the investment bankers those guys on wall streets and whatnot you know what they're giving up is that personal relationship that groundedness particularly in the movies that we watch is never really around 
oh, I want to not work at an investment bank because I want to party or do stuff like that. But whenever the conversation sort of like comes up within our circles, I think there's always just a tint of you guys just want to like enjoy your life without putting in the hard work. Um, and I'll stop here by wrapping up my own personal. So this is where yeah. um, <laughs> my girlfriend says that I like frameworks too much. Mm-hmm. Well, this is where I will say frame, frameworks is very important here. Because when you read those yeah. tweets out, all right, there was somebody who said work-life balance doesn't give mm. you wealth. Yeah. Something like that. And they said in absolute sense, which I do not agree with. Because it's an absolute conclusion yeah. that I can't just mm. accept. Right? So I'm going to ask three questions to everybody listening, which might seem like simple questions for a primary school student, but <laughs> think about it quite deeply. When you, when you say work-life balance, what do you mean by work? What do you mean by life? What do you mean by balance? Those are three words that seem simple, I guess, when I started the conversation. But as you were, as you were reading all those things, yeah. I'm going to think that, okay, these are three words that seem simple, but actually need to be broken down for the sake of nuance and for the sake of peace of mind. Mm. And I'll start with balance. Balance to me, means different things to different people. Yeah. Perhaps. No, actually, I can't begin balance because that is the end of the equation. It's the end of the equation, yeah. What is work? Yeah. What does work mean to you? What does work work mean to me? What Mm -hmm. does work mean to everybody else? Does work mean different things to all of us? Yeah. I think the answer is yes. Yes. And my hypothesis for that would be, for some, work is a sense of purpose and meaning in a kind of hustle, right? Giving you goals to achieve in daily life that gives you positive emotion in some kind of way. Whether it's by getting contract, whether it's by improving value for customers, whether it's by making your team work better, whether it's by getting promoted, whatever work is, whether it's, whether it's by getting your farm yield to produce more every year. That is what, point is you are trying to aspire for something better in some kind of small circle or some kind of small space. And that is work for some. For some, work is just a way to get money. Yeah. For some, work is just a way to get to the next step of providing for their family. Yeah. And, and ticking a box of society. So what is work? Well, work means different things, right? What is, what, what is work to you? Um, so, so, and that's the thing as well, right? Because I think this also ties into the Ikigai conversation a bit. Because um, I think, obviously, I think work is, is, for me, okay, let me just define what work for me is the thing that I do to create value, right? Um, value that can be, for the lack of a better way to put it, that can be exchanged in a marketplace or in a marketplace. Um, so for me, work is technically, number one, it's a means to an end. But in some way, shape, and form, depending on the work that you do, the work itself could be also an end in a kind of way. Um, yeah, so you, you can definitely tick more than one box. One than right? one box, yeah, right, of course. Exactly. Um, but I think why I wanted to just pull back a bit is that when people say work-life balance, it almost always, like you said, it's good that we're doing this framework breakdown thing because sometimes it's just always packed with other assumptions that, number one, you either have a career or you have a, 
most people don't ever I don't think they work life balance doesn't always come in for entrepreneurs if you if I think about it it's almost always people that are climbing a career ladder a lot of times that's why you hear that conversation it's, it's, it's even in so many you're right in that in saying that but it's yeah. also even in different phases of your life like yeah work life balance as a 25 year old can mean very jack different. squat to somebody yeah. who is 40 somebody yeah. who is 50 somebody yeah. who is now maybe even 60 yeah yeah exactly right? so which, which is why I said at different points in your life work will mean different things mm. yeah well may mean different things and also life will mean different things as well yeah because we've just defined work now your, your definition of work is quite similar to mine right for mm -hmm. me work for me work is very important mm. right um, I'm not gonna I am somebody who when I'm working at something that I am, I'm enjoying doing, I am, I feel good, bro. Like, I feel good. <laughs> Do you know how to pause you here? Because you just used work and enjoy in the same sentence. And I feel like a lot of times when people talk about work-life balance, it's because work means something negative, life means something positive, and so you're balancing the positive and negative. And no, so, but, but, but yeah. also... It could be that somebody's work is positive, but they then overconsume on that positive. Yeah. Right. Fair point. Yeah, fair. And then they forget to say, okay, well, it's good, but let me not eat all the fruits in this, in this tree. In let me this... just park it and then enter the life person. mode yeah. a bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for yeah. me, that's work, right? Okay. And thankfully, work I'm doing, and perhaps this was obviously my PhD, everything, but work I'm doing now feels fulfilling. In my own way. Now, you can then say, okay, well, and what, mean, what the money aspect? That's also important. Right. Yeah. And the goal is that, as, as a spoken inky guy, you want everything to merge. Mm. Right. You want everything to merge. So yeah. that's work. Now, what is life for me mm -hmm. outside of work? At the moment. At the moment. Sometimes, at my kind of age, at my kind of position, Sometimes life can be everything keeping you good enough, strong enough, healthy enough to rise up at work. Mm. For some, it can be just, oh, just let me live my own life, enjoy things so that work can give me the chance to enjoy those things. I'm working so that I can enjoy so, life. So it's a classic debate of work to live or live to work. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. For some, life can just be a case of maybe just having some kind of personal adventure, personal project that on its own perhaps cannot give you roof on your head. Yeah. But you use work to help supplement that roof on your head. But, that's, but that work you do outside of work is your life. True. Right. True. So life means different. And for some, life is just a very, very hard place to live whereby you have to survive amongst a very, very tyrannical society that is seeking to bring you down where one plus one is what is not two. Mm. That is life. Life is for some life is just trying to survive and make ends meet. And we, we know people like that because obviously we're, we're from Nigeria, right? Yeah. It's not. It's not a. It's not a. I mean, look at look at people in Sudan, for example. Like what is? Again, life also depends mm -hmm. on where you are. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I guess even in, even if you're in a good country, yeah, there's good in quote. I mean, working secure everything. The hustle is still different. Like life in, I'm guessing life in downtown, some kind of gangs like New York, 
It's different mm-hmm. from life in a suburban New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if even if even if you and the kids share the same school, or the, or, the, or the same office. So life means different things to different people, right? So again, that that brings a bit of nuance. Mm-hmm. And then what? Then and the word is balance. Is balance a trade-off that is subjective? Is balance fifty-fifty of each one? Is balance a case of as long as one fits the goal that you have for the other? Or is balance an objective thing that we must all have and say, okay, well, work must be 40%, family must be 40%, hobbies must be 40%, etc. And it's, like you said, it's balance the same thing at every phase as well, and every exactly. season of your life. So, and that's why I was going to say, that's what I was going to chip in earlier, that I think having the work-life balance debate um, without the nuance, I think it trivializes the conversation. I think It is unproductive. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to do what we do. I can smell it now. What we do with some of these topics is to either abstract far away enough so that it makes sense beyond those three words. Uh, because again, yep. an argument about those three words is not necessarily the thing. Um, and so what, we're, what I'm thinking about or how it was getting abstracted in my head is your approach to, it's almost like an approach to life. You know, what is your almost the work to live and live to work thing. I think that's almost a better way, a better conversation to have, right? It's like, what is the essence of, of living? Is it, to, is it to work? Is it to do work? Because work can be valuable. Or is life, living life, the more important part outside of work? And it's quite funny because, um, again, I would always do this thing where I'll talk about it from the biblical perspective in that in the first few pages you're, of you're the my Bible, mind. Yeah, <laughs> in the first few pages of the Bible, um, you can define what the command was as work, pretty much, but not in the way that it then occurs when people think about a career and things like that. But it's like be fruitful and multiply, which in some kind of ways work, right? And that kind of work was sort of like blessed. But then we've then when you follow the fall narrative and all of that, work became this thing that you then struggled to do. Hence the need for something called work-life balance. But even in the biblical sense, there was six days of work and then one day of rest, Sabbath. If you're looking at that mathematically, that is not balanced <laughs> technically. But then that's the problem, right? So what we're looking at is not a mathematical equation. Um, that okay, this is how much much work, this is how much work you can do before you get X amount of rest. And I think that's the challenge that I had with some of the conversations popping up on Twitter, where it's almost like even people that were saying use your youth to work, it's like, okay, at what point does your youth stop and what is it that you're chasing after? That is why for me, and this is why I would lean back on the biblical principles, work-life balance or living to work or working to live, I think it's a state of mind. It's that where do you feature in life as you work and how do you keep purpose and whatever even as you're living like because you can't do one or the other to the extreme because that's not going to work so how, what is your perspective and what is your i guess your framework for going on a day-to-day basis and making decisions when you have to choose a path between in a particular day um or when you have to make a decision on certain things that are split down the middle between work and life what is the what is the mental model they are using to make decision in that moment and across seasons of your life. 
that's what I think the conversation is about, not about this. Yeah, yeah. I, do I, think, I think you stayed us in the right direction saying that. And to be yeah. honest, I think for me, live to work, work to live. I don't even know which one I'm going to... It's also a weird... Because living to work means like you are... Your life is based on the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, work, and working to live is almost suggesting like you're doing the work just so that you can do other things to live. Yeah. In, in some kind of terrible Wally way. <laughs> I think you get the point. For me, my, my perspective is quite clear. Um, when I heard that, the first thing I thought about was two things. One, my friend Ruby in her house, she has a... I don't know if she still has it, but she had a like a half A4 paper pasted on above her computer that had had a couple of Bible verses. And there was one that I saw on just a random day when I was in in a house. And it said, I think it was something in Proverbs, but it said something about man toiling and working. I can't remember what the quote was or the Mm. verse was, but something about something about just laziness but it, but it, but but it had the word toil and work and man in there it was in proverbs it was in proverbs yeah and then when i saw that it then reminded me of a quote i saw from um, marcus Aurelius meditations and let me just read the quote out and it's sad that i'm reading out a quote of i don't know if it's sad but it's weird i'm reading out a quote of marcus Aurelius and, and, and not the bible verse but that's, <laughs> that's because it's easier to find the quotes than find the bible verse exactly <laughs> Um, but the quote says at dawn when you have trouble getting out of bed tell yourself I have to go to work as a human being what do I have to complain of if I'm going to do what I was born for the things I was brought into the world to do or is this what I was created for to huddle under the blanket and stay warm Mm. so you were born to feel nice instead of doing things and experiencing them don't you see plants the birds the ants the spiders the bees going about their individual tasks, putting their world in order mm. as best they can. And you're, not willing to do, and you're not willing to do your job as a human being. Why aren't you willing to do what your nature demands? Mm. You don't love yourself enough or you love nature too and what it demands of you. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that Marcus Aurelius is Jesus Christ reborn. But <laughs> my point is this, is, this is quite a universal agreed understanding across psychologists, philosophers, religious um, greats, etc. Mm. Right. And whenever I have, and I don't know about you, but this might be an, an odd distinct, but have you ever cleaned your room or, or tidied up your bathroom, done something work-wise, and you said, oh, I should not have done that? <laughs> no. It's smart, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's, I always think about it. Like I'm listening, I'm listening to something. Like I've, I've not once gone to the gym once and, and been, and, and said, oh, I should not come here. Mm. The only time that might happen for work wise, work wise is when I've been doing things, when I'm, when I'm about to do things that I'm not fulfilled doing. Or you don't believe Or, or I don't enjoy. Or you just, yeah. Yeah. it is so wrenching. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the conversation is more about, I think we are all born to work. I think like, 
there's nothing that happens when when you're not working. Like when I when I lay about, I'm not saying lay, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not saying lazing about is not good. I like lay lay, lay about. Mm-hmm. Too, but I've not once laid about and finished my lazing aboutness like Garfield and stretched and said, "Oh, thank God for that lazing about. That was that felt amazing." Mm. And I'm not trying to like do like those those guys on Instagram that preach this. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm speaking like actual. Can I can I jump in here? Yes, please, sure. Yes. So so, so the point what I was going to raise was is that because I know the, the quotes you read made it seem and sound like and I maybe subscribe to it that it's a natural tendency to want to do work because again of the world that we've been placed in. But is there an argument that maybe some of this feeling of not liking rest, not not or not feeling the same way at the end of rest versus at the end of work, could that be a socialized thing, right? Because as kids, no, uh, no. Wait, let, let me let me land the thoughts. Let me land the thoughts. I know Sorry, whenever I say I'm whenever I say any, when, whenever I say anything is socialized, well, it's just like please no, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Do I do that? Yeah, you do. Yeah, quite a lot, quite a lot. Um, but but I'm just trying to think about like because for kids, for example. Can we, does the same thing apply for kids or we can say maybe kids are just not fully formed yet in terms of their perspective because, you know, some so, some kids, and that's the thing, some kids see certain things, depending on how you model certain things for, for kids, which is then the environment comes into play because some kids will see sitting down to read a book as stress, as work, regardless of what book it is. Whereas some kids love to l- get lost inside like novels and things like that where somebody would define that as work. So, that's what I'm just trying to raise here that obviously as you grow older, what is defined as work is very clear and what you're supposed to do yeah, to contribute to society. I think different with the kids, the kids beyond, maybe this is where my, my knowledge lacks a little bit as just an ordinary human being. But yeah, I think as a kid, there's a couple, couple of things that are different. Once, one, as a kid, you are definitely at that potential phase where the world, you're just taking information for like 14 years. Right, the world is still just manifesting in, in your face through structures, people, social norms, culture, yeah, um, hormones, all of that. Right, so nothing for you is, is pretty much complete. Mm. Right, I think, like, I, I mean, I mean, I heard that they say people don't form personalities and brains properly until, until they're probably, probably like 21 or so. So, it's nothing mm. is formally complete as a kid, but as a kid, you still kind of work in some way. Maybe the work you just do is understood differently because you're not expecting certain rewards that, that, that adults want or that adults expect from their own work. So what's my example? Okay. When you're a kid, you probably do not like doing chores, right? Yeah. I mean, I didn't like it either because yeah. I just thought, well, what am I doing chores? But that's because I could not understand the importance of having an, an, an orderly house. And I get that. Right. And I'll let you land here. But, I'll let you land but, here. But. <laughs> okay. But yeah. If my, not if, when my computer um, video game broke, I, I can spend three hours trying to fix it. Yeah. As an 11 year old. Yeah. Right. And I'll, I'll spend three hours trying to, I'll, I'll clean the CD, I'll open trying to fix it. You, you can even walk to Mokola and come back just because <laughs> back. Yeah. you want to fix that thing. Yeah. And you are still very young. But what's my point? My point is, I think the orientation of work as a kid and adult is different. 
right? But what is in common is, I think across that lifespan of age five to adulthood, we all already have this pursuit of a strong goal and having to fulfill or do that. I don't want to use the word goal because that, that word is just like yeah, been annoying bastardized. now. Yeah. <laughs> we understand the importance of having targets. Mm. Or, not targets. <laughs> I'm losing the words. I apologize, guys. We are live on air, so I can't really Google, Google <laughs> stuff and, and I think of my feet. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. I guess my point is, as a kid, we, we are probably doing the features of what work looks like for an, for an adult, but not in the adult sense of what work is. Without any rewards, we call the shots for what our own work, fulfilling work is as a child. And we do it because it gives mm. us a certain kind of pleasure back. Now, you know, but that's quite interesting. But when go and do this work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why am I going to, 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 clean, to clean my shoes or wash my... Yeah. There's no pleasure coming back to me there, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. And, and so what I was going to jump in here to say is that, funny enough, what you just describe as, you know, kids and younger people choosing what work means for them and then orienting themselves towards that and putting the efforts required to do that that's almost what all adults aspire to get to at the end of the day and almost use that middle phase of life where they don't have that luxury of choice to produce the right environment for them to have the choice to be able to define what work means for them wait say that again sorry sorry you said something around yeah you said something around obviously like that kids like obviously you ask a kid to do chores and they don't see how that connects to their own idea of work. But a kid could want to fix his video game, which an adult will see as work in a way, but it's not going to reward the kid for it. But the kid sees the reward outside of what the adult says because that's what they've oriented themselves towards. So I'm saying that technically, that's what eventually adults that even do regular work work, a lot of them are aspiring to that future where they can define what work means for them. A lot of the, like sometimes when we think about work and right, okay. the things people do, people are in. It's almost, if we then flip it back to the work-life balance conversation, it's almost that people are st- stuck in things that they think they need to do to pay a price to then be able to get back to that reality of defining work for themselves when they were kids. Do you get what I mean? Right? Yeah, but I think, I absolutely, I absolutely see where you're going with that, right? Yeah. And I think, to add to that, I don't think it may be that complex for many adults. I think some adults... Ugh, how do, I, how do I say this? Because I'm not, I have been in the business of um, saying some people, people, some people, some people, some people, some mm. people. It often feels like, who are you, who are you talking about exactly? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just say people, like, who are you talking about, right? Oh, but I guess, maybe what I've seen, perhaps, in my case is, The, the fulfillment bit, the reward bit, what am I getting out of it? What is this doing to me? How does this make me feel as a human being? How is this impacting my, my identity mm. as an adult? It becomes a more complex question than as a kid. Because I think as a kid, you only focused on just immediate pleasure and yeah. just things that are fascinating, mm-hmm. you know, and probably things that make your peer group like you more. It's just very, it's like a two, mm. three, four checklist. Dimensional thing, yeah. Mm. But as an adult, it at least gets more complicated. True. Right. And it, maybe it is that because work in itself, because we have these so many jobs now, we have so many kind of careers mm. and everything. And as a kid, 
especially if you're looking ahead into the future, potential possibilities where you end up, you're seeing many careers ahead of you that have been sold as the ultimate goal, mm. the ultimate place to be, or the place where if you get there, your life is going to look great. Yeah. And then that then, that then begins to bring the concept of fulfillment into, in, 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 into the fray because there's so many jobs mm. you can do now. Like, I mean, for example, my job, like, like what is my job exactly? Like, <laughs> like 40 years ago, how do you have filled it out on the jam form? <laughs> how would I have done that on the jam form? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't think even even though it existed, if you abstract it, because because research is research, right? But yeah, the nuance of my research now is just like, huh? Same. I'm same way of doing VFA. Like m- many things had yeah. to happen for this kind of space you're in to exist. Yeah, we we had to have this tech boom. We had to have yeah. this startup startup agility that mm. that that VCs appreciate. We had to have this globalization coming into play. So many things have to happen for this world that you're in to be able to be possible. Yeah. And what am, what am I getting at? That I'm just saying like, because of that, I think work itself has become something that there are so many possibilities to what work can look like. That mm. it means that there's so many possibilities for all people to fail at or people to find unfulfilling. Fair. So if you're going back to defining what work is, work means different things for different people. And, and then it makes a work-life balance difficult thing to to centralize and say this to, is the to one to pretty much realize. Yeah. Right. And then you can then say, yeah. If we then define what is balance, balance mm-hmm. means different things to, to to different people. Because for you, what's important to you as a thirty-year-old man, or a thirty-five-year-old man, or a twenty-one-year-old boy, it's all different. Mm. I think if you have a family, if you live in Ghana, and if let's say you were born in a single parent home, you are there balance different from somebody who lives in England, born in a two parent home, and a single at 35. So going back to our abstraction to say, okay, let's abstract so that we can apply some principles across everybody. Mm-hmm. I guess that will say, I will start by asking, what are the things that we need to keep in mind that we must, must do yeah. for ourselves? Mm. And my, my own number one, let me know your number one. My number one is, I think I've not met anybody who was happy with not doing something that was challenging and fulfilling to their mind and to their body in terms of work. Yeah. And I think the people who work and don't feel fulfilled, that's when the work-life balance thing becomes more of like more a of diffi- difficult yeah. thing to process. Yeah. Because what, are, what are you balancing when you work? Like, even though I was quite young, when I was working in, I've, I've, given, I've given stories to many times on podcasts, like when I, when I was working in GTB as an 18-year-old, I was, I was working dawn to dusk. No, no, no. Mm. That's even me making it even sound better. <laughs> I'm working 7 a.m. to about 9 p.m. Yeah. I was getting very good money for someone who was 18, but work-life balance was inexistent. Mm. Right. However, if I actually enjoyed the role, if the role was actually into IT, which is what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I said, okay, just because this is actually my ITO that, and the need for CWS, that's freaking yeah. rubbish then. <laughs> All right. 
and I'm getting good money. Yeah, I don't mind just going on going on the radar for three months or four months of CWS IT, getting getting my my credentials done, and writing it out. And then maybe in the future I look for a, a job that maybe gives me more time for a family or whatever. Yeah. But that job in the first place did not fulfill me because I was doing something that I, I did not really enjoy. Yeah. So that meant that work-life balance began to look like <laughs> a more pressing thing. Yeah. On the other hand, if it, if so, if somebody who enjoyed it too much or was very, very obsessed with... The work side of things. The work side of things. And they had they're enjoying it. They're at yeah. work at 10, 8 p.m. They're happy. Mm. But the balance only exists because somebody else is waiting for them to mm. have that balance. But also maybe their own personal body. As well, because obviously, like a body cannot survive. I mean, your body yeah. can survive, but your body will not like you just being on a desk for 12 hours a day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think for me, if we're going to elevate the conversation into like frameworks and principles and just, I guess, ways of viewing life, I think I've always viewed life in, again, like I always say this word seasons a lot, right? Um, and I think I also view my days and weeks and months, not just life as a whole, also in seasons and periods, right? So I think it's also why the regimented lifestyle of, um, you know, do something from this time to this time because that's the only time that the world has set aside for it to be done. All of those sorts of things, you know, those constraints felt like constraints that didn't need to be there, particularly for certain kinds of things. Obviously, if you're a farmer, right, and you need to sow seed because in the dry season, you can now say because in the dry season, your body isn't feeling too great. It's like you have to put your body under, do what needs to yeah, be done because, to, yeah. exactly. So I, I don't understand that there's certain things that you know, require time and are time bound. But I think what I always struggled with was when my mind could process and could see that this particular thing, this constraints that has been added to it is, is an illusion, right? And there should be another way around this. I think I always just felt a bit weird now just opting to do just that because that's how it's always been done and things like that. So I wouldn't call myself disruptive in that sense, but I just think, um, to bring it back to this conversation and just to tie my thoughts together, I think when it comes to like work-life balance and things like that, I don't even think of my life as, like, yes, I think of my life as seasons, but I think even within each season and within each day, for example, let's bring it down to each day. Within each day, there's balance. Do you get? Right. Within each... Yeah. Yeah. Within yeah. each day, there's balance. Within each week, there is balance. Within each season, there's balance. I think what a lot of people fail to or i don't know people they said people think sometimes what i've seen around is that um i i guess there's i don't know i, I to be fair I don't, i've never even believed in this exam crunch time thing like oh now that it's time for exam i'm going to shut out every other thing and like just head down knuckle down and do like maybe people function that way but for me if something hasn't been built in as a routine as a system if that i was one can argue that maybe getting shutting everything out during exam time and whatnot that's your routine so that's the system that's the whatever that you flow that you've gotten into maybe if it works for you it sure does but i think maybe the important question here is actually understanding yourself and, and it's what you wrapped up the other points with because 
every time you see this thing about work-life balance and whatnot, there's almost always a, this is wrong and this is right. And that's yeah, what it is. Yeah. I don't think it's a very fair, fair conversation or a very mm-hmm. fair question because I actually think it's a, I, I, I think it's a very, very unfair question because yeah. we all live different lives, right? Yeah. There's no way I can say to my friend who is even here, let's say could be in my former place and say, mm. oh, um, I, um, I think you need to prioritize X, Y, Z more. I can say as an, as like, but I see that they are genuinely not trying, but it's just so different for everybody because for example, like me, myself, I have a different career. I'm a different gender, different ability, different economic position than, than somebody else who I'm speaking to. Yeah. And I think work-life balance is not the same for every of these categories, right? If, if somebody works in finance, works in tech, works in saloon and beauty, mm. works in um, engineering, so many careers that work-life balance uh, as a construct or as an idea just looks so different, right? Mm. Surely. And I can't stand on a podium somewhere and then, then give a speech about, oh, someone in your 20s should achieve X, Y, Z so that you can have a work. But it's just not possible mm. because the work in the equation is so different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the actual issue is also that everything, everything, everything many of us are trying to do, and this one I say many of us deliberately, <laughs> is to achieve wealth and financial success. And that itself is the origin of this work-life balance thing. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Yeah. Because if we, if we did not think by we majority of people, a majority of, of worldly discourse, if we did not think that pursuing happiness or wealth, but pursuing happiness or fulfillment or meaning is attached to wealth and financial success. People wouldn't. Work-life balance would not be how we're spoken about it. Yeah. Even those tweets will change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Because many, many of us think, I mean, I think we spoke about this with Daniel in the, in the episode with um, What's a Good Life. Yeah. Many, many people think that, including maybe me in some, sometimes, mm. think that wealth will give me security, freedom. <laughs> I went to, <laughs> I went to sort of my, my Schengen visa today because there's no appointments in the, in, the, in the flipping country for like months. <laughs> Anyway, um, I had to get it done because, because it's a work trip, right? I told you yeah. about it. I finally went there today. Yeah. And again, when I got there, right, I just laughed inside. Like, you know when you watch those, um, those American movies where, like, they go to DMV? Yeah. And it's just packed. Chaos, yeah. Chaos. And you have this sassy receptionist. Yeah. What's fair? The guy was a very nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like that. I just laughed, like... <laughs> <laughs> today is today. <laughs> to, 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 today is just for this, right? Yeah. But... Somebody else who probably has like, I don't know, maybe a different passport or whatever, different economic, yeah. economic, economic position, would not, would not do what I did. Would not be there and be <laughs> I mean, yeah. like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So what's my point? My point is life itself is not balanced. Hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The categories for work-life balance is so, so vast. And because we all attach, no, we all, many of us attach you know, the idea of getting wealth will give you security, freedom, right? Mm. And chance to enjoy nice things of life. Mm. This work-life balance comes up. But at the same time, we all know that chasing, chasing wealth comes at a cost. Mm. 
every and this is why this debate about men and women in this, in in workplace is often sometimes mm-hmm. comes without looking at looking at looking at all the data holistically mm. right i'm not saying i'm not saying women do not work hard but if you, i've i've mm-hmm. probably i don't want to say this because the study is not in my head currently but i know i've read a few studies that show how men are more willing to risk life for work mm. and by life i mean risk the personal the, fa- the familial yeah the personal the actual life health and women, and women are smarter by default because many women just realize like nah this is this isn't worth it yeah You're- perhaps some some might pursue that but there's there's still Again, I'm speaking about those those in the one percent here, not not, not generally speaking. Majority, speaking about yeah. outliers, right? Yeah. yeah. Again, I, I think that I was smart, so I just want to <laughs> and I just want to say that for just those who might be new to the podcast, you know. Um, <laughs> oh God. I'm speaking about the outliers. Yeah. Right. And this is why you see when you have people who are at this outlier position, it's not because they have it good, but you can you can you can really find these people having a good family life or a good I mean it's, it's only maybe now that we're having more of like the Zuckerberg trying to preach about balance, the balance, family yeah, balance yeah. you know my family is here I'll spend time with my daughter I would um, do um, funny enough arts on the know, side so <laughs> it's only now we're beginning to see this shift yeah yeah so I'm going to do two things here right just so that we don't beat around this particularly but it's funny um, there's something called the, the tyranny of the mob right where people a, a, a minority or a, a number with very loud voices seem to set the tone for what it is. And the risk and the, the bias that comes in there sometimes is that the majority are sometimes a lot more quiet, right? And so, you know, it's just that... Mostly more mo- quiet. You understand, right? Zuckerberg isn't the one writing articles on why the life that he's chosen to live is the best thing. He's found a life that works, albeit billionaire and whatnot, and he's making it work. We don't know about someone somewhere else that they're just their own is just Zen. Because even sometimes people that preach Zen, they preach Zen because it's marketable, not because that's what they're truly doing and they yeah. find value in it. So there's just all of those pieces in there. But I'm going to read something. I did. We can always almost say maybe on some of our episodes we can do featuring. I don't want to say featuring ChatGPT, but anyways, I asked ChatGPT a, a, a question and I tried to make it as contextual as possible. So I said, "What is work-life balance? And is there a general consensus of what it looks like?" And the first two paragraphs are quite interesting. I'm just going to read that out now because it ties into some of the things that we've said already. So ChatGPT says, work-life balance refers to the equilibrium between the amount of time and effort that an individual spends on their work and personal life. I'll pause here. Like that distinction, obviously, like work and personal life, I, I don't think we, we didn't really add that personal touch to it when we were talking about it earlier, but it was very interesting for me to see the word thrown in there as personal life, not just work and life. You get that's number one. I'll continue reading. It is a concept that has gained increasing attention in recent years, particularly as the traditional nine-to-five workday has become less prevalent. Interesting. I read that differently in my head when I saw it the first time. I thought it was because nine-to-five was a lot more. So I'm wondering what he means by that. By why, why is it a concept coming up more when nine-to-five is becoming less? I mean, traditionally, the, the traditional structure of work has always been... Ah, so it ends at I, five I, and then you continue. Yeah, the, ah, okay, so there's, there's, so there's balance yeah. built in already. Okay, makes sense. Um, the second paragraph is pretty interesting and that's why I'll cap it off. 
Um, it says there is no one size fits all definition of work life balance, as what it looks like can vary significantly depending on an individual's personal and professional circumstances. For some, it may involve working part time or flexible hours to allow for more time with family or pursuing personal interests. For others, it may mean disconnecting from work during evenings and weekends to maintain a healthy separation between work and personal life. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pause here and talk about this separation bit because I have a friend that when it comes to work-life balance, she's a strong advocate for separation. Like she chases separation as like a holy grails kind of thing where... What's my separation? Sorry. So like, for example, she doesn't want to be having conversations about work on her WhatsApp. Um, once 5 p.m. <laughs> once 5 p.m. hits. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know where I'm going with that. And... Well, keep quiet. Go on. Yeah, exactly. Go on. So... But the, but there's some people that take this separation very, very like religiously. Um, yes, yes, exactly. Well, is it, isn't it's not not like a bit of isn't it's not weird a bit because I honestly because people like yeah. that I have I have met them. Yeah. If 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 it takes one team's message at eight nine seven to, to trigger pull you, you out, to, yeah, there's something deeper. <laughs> maybe something. May not all be well somewhere. I just believe this is this is Toby, this is Toby's friend saying this, not Toby. All right, so Toby's I friend, who's who's um, is, is Toby, is, is me, not him. But I, I don't know, but I just feel like if I get separation, right, you don't have to, for example, I never have um alerts on my watch. Yeah, I don't, need, I don't need, there's nothing that I need to alert on my watch when I'm just doing normal life work that I need to alert on myself to, mm-hmm. even WhatsApp. Mm. Right, but people who I know who have the emails on their watch to do my PhD, that's fine. Yeah. Right. But if I get right right now, my Teams chat is on. If I get Teams at nine PM, because because I have people in different countries in my company, mm-hmm. nine PM. Even though I'm not gonna open my Teams, I don't go. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I don't feel any sense of problem. If my work interferes with personal life, mm. I feel like even though it might get your mind, I get that it can solve your mind. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say um, I can relate to like and the only sorry sorry I'm yeah. sorry to this. Yeah. The only time I can relate to this was during my PhD. Yeah. Where you just wanted to and, disconnect. And and that's if I want to disconnect deliberately. Yeah. And that's because the PhD was trauma. No, so, not trauma. I'm being dramatic. I know, but and, and that's was, that's what that's the point I wanted to make. So for, is the for some people, yeah, is exactly. That work like that. Maybe mentally for them, they see it like that. Maybe they'd rather not be, and and so work is work 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 triggers them in kind of exciting kind of ways. But that, that's what I was going to say. For me, it's a bit of a balance because sometimes when I'm talking to someone and they're they're like, "Oh, what are you up to?" And maybe it's a Saturday, and I'm like, I'm checking emails, or I'm just yeah, I need to do some quick work. People always. Like just isolated events like that. Somebody will see that and be like, dude, like you need you need balance in your life. You need <laughs> <laughs> you get. And I always I always laugh because I'm like You don't know that, what's happening. You don't know you what's don't know going what's, on. You, you don't know, know what's, what's going, going on. on. It could just be a be, one time thing, it could be a yeah, project coming up. It could be no, anything. Not not even that, but it's also the fact that me sometimes I feel like I chill too much. Do you get? So it's weird that like because I'm like, okay. You think that's like okay. I think the idea is that when you see someone working on weekends, you imagine that from Monday to Friday, 
they've already they've been hustling and all of that. So at the weekend that you now have to chill is where you're doing that. So my life is not like that. My my work hours are like between 12 and 5 p.m. to start off with. And then I make up for it a bit within 11 and 1 because I'm more productive at those hours. But and also, if everyone works different, like different exactly, temperaments, different, different exactly. experiences with work, different exactly. kinds of work. Yeah. Right? There's some people that I understand. I mean, in your, in your friend's situation, actually, look, think, think back about it. It's possible that if I get a message on WhatsApp through work, it's interfering with personal life. Maybe, okay, maybe, maybe that might... Maybe that's actually a thing. Yeah. But it's possible possible that for others, it doesn't because because the kind of work they do, Mm. it's a very rare occurrence and it doesn't really take take their mind to a trip down a Mm. work kind of zone. Yeah. So perhaps, I think it's a very, very individual thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to... It's a very, very individual thing, to be honest. Yeah. So I'm saying like if we're going to try to, I don't know if we're at a point where we can try to land it softly in a way. Because I'm now thinking that the takeaway from I me think, from I this. I think the, the, the point to land. Yeah. Sorry, go on, go on. No, sorry. The, the thing is breaking up. Finish. Uh, oh, okay. Let me finish because I was one that was, I was describing that. Yeah. So, because I think that the takeaway for me is almost about, you know, being self-reflective about the different pieces of your life right now. Self-refreshing number one, to identify what those pieces are and even just measure what your life looks like with each thing, each thing as it currently is and see how you feel about that. And then from there, if there is a kind of tension that you feel or hesitation that you feel as what you're looking at and then make changes from there. I think the challenge a lot of times is that people leave these conversations as conversations and interactions and just quick banter or whatnot as opposed to seeing okay what is it for me right now and i know it feels very personal developmenty and self-helpy and whatnot but it's almost the thing about if it continues to stay in your head there's only so much you can do about it and sometimes you're just like that's how it is and i'm just going to live my life that way Mm. one example that i can do from personal experiences so in in uni um i i was what you call a director general at at the fellowship and essentially just someone that you can think of it as the chief of staff of that place ah, that's a very heavy title yeah i know i know it's DG. always christian Chris, Chris, Chris circles that come up with heavy titles <laughs> funny enough in other director general it, it, in other societies, it was called general secretary. I should um, see you like wearing a a a a, a jacket with like three star three on your star. shoulder with that title. Um, but you can think of it as a chief of staff role, where you're just wrangling everyone to do what they're supposed to do on behalf of the president, right? That was kind of like the role that it was. Um, but this was obviously we're all between the ages of eighteen and maybe twenty four, twenty five, whatnot, maybe even less, maybe eighteen and twenty two. And we're all volunteers, but you're trying to tell people to take time off school work to do certain things that they've committed and said they would do. Um, and one issue that used to come up quite a lot was that I can't manage school and this thing that they're asking me to do at the same time. So school is always going to take priority from me. And people started to use that as an excuse. And it was, it was getting to me because, you know, things needed to be done. You've committed to it. And even if school is there, right, there's obviously communication steps you can do to let us know not to depend on you for certain things like that. But it was, it was a very dicey situation, particularly when it comes to school and fellowship and church and things like that. And so one day I just, you know, I, I don't know what I was reading, but it was something around time blocking. Like sometimes you think your day is full, but when you now start to, when you're forced to assign portions of time to what happens in your day, even if just you're making an assumption, you will start to see missing hours. Free spaces, yeah. And you'll be wondering what's up. 
right? Yeah. And so I did that exercise with people and the room was quiet because people started to see some time that just wasn't accounted for. And for me, I, I did it for myself first and I realized, number one, when you're going to eat, like, are you taking your phone along or something along where a meal that you could wrap up in like 30 minutes and you'll be fine. You're there for longer because yes. and nobody's saying you shouldn't socialize, but block the time for it, right? So that you know that you're on a regimented, which is why some people say, oh, go to boarding school, go to whatever, because some of that regiment stays with you. And I do think it's, it's a useful thing to have that structure. Um, but there's still flexibility within the structure is what people don't realize sometimes. Um, but anyways, that, that's my takeaway from this, that, you know, when it comes to things like work-life balance or whatnot, it's necessary to just even pause, reflect, see what mm. it looks like, get it out of your head, put it on paper or somewhere, and then begin to make decisions and see what you're comfortable with. Um, but I'll let you, I'll let you, um, you know, jump in as well. No, that's a good point because I actually watched a video um, today, just actually like four hours ago, on my way back home on YouTube, um, was this guy, Ali Abdul, uh, yeah. a video on time, one of his new videos on productivity. Mm-hmm. So, shocker. Um, <laughs> oh, but yeah, yes. I watched the video and actually spoke about time blocking, um, looking at his life in a year view, a week view, and a day view. Mm. But anyway, you have takeaways. I even have more questions, to be fair, because <laughs> and I think this episode will be concluded properly in next episode, so now sure. therapy. Yeah. Um, but I have questions because work-life balance for me seems like a is it a currency that everyone everyone can afford? I don't think so. Mm. Some mm. some some people cannot afford mm. work-life balance. Mm. Let's just let's just agree that. Mm. Let's just agree that. <laughs> I think I think I think I think if you're speaking about work-life balance already, you ready? You ready? You ready? You're already yeah. in a good decent place. <laughs> And let's be grateful. Uh, hands, hands down. Let's be grateful. Because I know people. No, no, no. But I've met people who I know work-life balance. They just cannot afford. Yeah. Because the work is just the life. Without mm. the work, the life is almost over. Mm. Right. So, so, so you've been in conversation on a, th- on a thread, over a coffee table, whatever. Mm. Have we talking about it? In a way, thank your stars that you can talk about it, that you won't understand what that means. Mm. That you can even find blocks Envision. of what life looks yeah. like yeah. outside. So let's just acknowledge that, yes, part of it is a bit of, I won't say privilege, but if you, if you have work balance, if you have work-life balance to discuss, good for you. Because not everybody can afford it. Mm. And number two question is, well, for those, for those who can afford it, why do they need it? Why is it important for them? Mm. I, I don't think I'm yet to understand. That I think for me, maybe it feeds into the, the Ikigai thing. Perhaps, I'm not sure, but that's a question that we probably need to explore better next episode. And how do they achieve that if they know their why? How do they achieve work-life balance? Mm. Because we, we just said seasons will change, life will change, you will change. Yeah. So how do you maintain the balance across all the changes? Mm. Right. And perhaps last question is, where is the role of fulfillment in all this? Because we have not, we have not really spoken about fulfillment because if you're speaking about work, the role of work is to, ideally, to supposed to f- exactly. fulfill you. 
Yeah. Ideally, and if he's not, then what does that do for work-life balance? Mm. You know, so these are other things that I probably need to think about more. Um, but I think what I've just learned is definitely it's a very subjective thing. I don't think anyone should feel bad. Yeah. By the conversation with anybody or by the thought of anything. I think if you can talk about work work life balance, good for you. You're doing well. Yeah. I'm um, doing better than many people. Yeah. Um so that's good. Yeah. So that's and good. The, and the other thing is also like, you know, maybe this is something that we didn't really explore here, but is this something that has a different tilt because one of the tweets obviously mentioned Gen Z and that was kind of like the source of it. But is this something that switches or changes or means different things across different generations? Is it a generational thing or, or, I can't, or, I can't or an say, age thing, right? Cause I can't it, say, sorry, just let me say yeah. this. I can't say whether it is an experiential difference or a perceptual difference. Mm. The difference, um, difference between those two things I've said is Experience is something that you would learn when you go through it. Yeah. So for Gen Zs, you, they are too young to experience what the tension of work-life balance is. Mm. Just because a lot of them are under 30 years old, factually. Mm. Perception difference can be different because they are younger, they've seen life differently, they can have a different perception of it. Mm. While people who are older can have a different perception of it. Yeah. So perception, yes, everybody's allowed to have different perceptions, but experience would probably well tell what's aligned. Yeah. Um, but, from, but from what I've seen, every generation seems like they're the ones who know more about <laughs> right life. Yeah. And then when they get to that point of family, work, pro- provision, change as a human being, yeah. life becomes a lot more fundamental. All this theory begins, to, life, becomes, life goes back to fundamentals. Yeah. If, if they let it, to be fair, because I think there's also that adamantness of being like stubborn in your in your sort of like thoughts or your way of thinking and that's it because the point i was going to make is that across generations i think there are those that don't allow the general experience of both them personally and their generation sort of like you know define define sort of like what the experience is for for them their families their families yeah you understand right so it's like you know how how anti-fragile I, no actually that's not the word to you but how flexible are you through those different sort of like as, as, as you're navigating different generations and being exposed to different generations because when you were again it's a thing of when our parents were teenagers and whatnot so their life they were experiencing is quite different from what we experienced once we got to that stage you know as well right and you know as they grow older get to their when as they get as old as their parents were in a parents' generation, what they're having to deal with is also quite different. But is that allowing them kind of like change their perspective about things? And I don't think I see enough of that changing happening enough. Um, and one would think our generation is a generation that, you know, would be that generation that changes thoughts. But it almost feels like every generation just feels stuck in, in the mindset of that generation yeah. in a kind of way. Except save a few, the, the one or 2% or 3% that allow themselves, you know, do yeah. all of those yeah. I mean, to be fair, I do think we're improving, though. Let's not, be, let's not, let's. And I, I, I do think we're improving. I do think we are recognizing the importance of mental and physical well-being. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Yeah. I think. I think that's progress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Fair yeah. Enough. That's progress. Even even though that might be one reason why tech companies are having this many layoffs because they give too many benefits, but. <laughs> That's that's a different conversation for a different, a different angle, day. Angle, angle, <laughs> angle. All right, all right, all right. 
Anyways, um, that brings us to the end of this one. It's a very different kind of episode, but I feel like, like you said, we'll probably unpack it a lot more nuanced. Well, I think we did enough of nuance on this one by moving away from even calling it just work-life balance and we'll do, we'll do it more justice um, once we get yep. to, to the movie part of things. I'm wishing you all a very good week. And if you listen to this on a Friday, I hope you had a very good week. I did. And I, I think mm. I'm going to have a good week still because mm. it's just Wednesday. But yeah, I had a good week so far. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna carry on. <laughs> so, so it feels like you're making a confession and trying to rewrite something that has already been written in a weird kind of way. But yes. Oh no, no, I'm just I, I, being grateful. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. Just being grateful. Um, yeah, um, I'm about to go. You know, we'll see. Ah, look at this. I, I didn't show you. Oh, why do you have? What? <laughs> <laughs> to this boy from Ghana. <laughs> weird. That is just random. That's the most random thing I've seen. Anyways, killing every show. Imagine <laughs> every party. All right, guys, have a good week. Take it easy. Yes, I Bye-bye. maintained zero distractions here. So actually, let me end the episode properly. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Yellow Pill Podcast. You will hear Willie's voice in a second, giving you the outro. Outro, but this is me saying bye bye and cheerios. Wish us luck. Enjoy your um, match, bro. Good luck. Don't say it. Just leave me alone. Bye. All right. Stop recording now. All right. Cool. Nice. And now a personal note to you, our listeners, to you listening right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LOPO podcast. Now we know that in our culture of 30 second content and quick sound bites, it makes it really hard to pay attention to longer form discussions. So regardless of what brought you here, we are grateful for your time. Do give us a five star rating and review if you like this episode. Also be sure to continue the conversation with your friends, your family and your colleagues. Another way to support us is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every Monday, but don't forget to follow us at the Yellow Peel Pod on Instagram and at Yellow Peel underscore pod on Twitter to stay in touch with us during the week. Once again, folks, thank you for taking Yellow Peel with us today. I'm your co-host Wally as always, and right next to me is Toby, and we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love.